0: Good morning, Isn't it Good to be here. Hey Amen. I am glad that you are here. It is a beautiful day. Goodness gracious, what a day! And um, so, thank you. If if you were able to go yesterday or yesterday evening last night to uh, Sister Vicky's, we had a great time. Uh, we we're gonna have to do that again because she had a per- she has a perfect backyard. I don't like. We're gonna have to do that again, but a little later because the first few minutes we couldn't see what was going on, on the screen but um because <laughs> it's very it was very light very bright but uh we are glad thank you so much and um if you got to celebrate with us thanks uh it was i i said that it was uh well um next next i was inviting people then so next sunday mother's day so make sure you're here if you're a mother or if you have a mother then please so that includes everybody you have a mom If you've ever had a mother, be here at church. If you're watching online, be here uh, next Sunday. Also today, stay for first Sunday meal. I'm sure that there's plenty of food, so be over there and enjoy yourself eating. In anticipation of next month, June 4th is homecoming. If you've not yet invited anybody, do so today. Call them as soon as church is over or text them or something. Don't do it right now, but... Um, and your phone will start going off, and yes, I was, yes, so we also, we want to do something neat for, which was Shane Williams' suggestion, we're going to give credit where credit's so, due, going to do something neat for homecoming, if you have any pictures of uh, throughout the years, uh, and it can be prior to 30 years ago, I mean, we remember what happened 30 years ago, but if you, uh, if you have pictures even prior to that, we are going to, we, mom, is going to make a collage. Uh, we want all your pictures, so please write your name on the back, okay? We don't want your pictures to get mixed up with someone else's, but please write your name on the back and give your pictures to mom anytime between now and the last Wednesday of this month, okay? So we have... I know that in my office there—I don't even know why they're there—but there's a stack of pictures of when this church was being built, like before that, you know, when they were, when they were adding dirt here. So we'll we'll probably have some pictures like that. So anything that you have relating to church here, and it, again, it can be uh, different ministries that we've partaken in. It can be people who ha- who aren't here anymore. You know, just uh, make sure that that you write your name on the back so that we don't get them mixed them or a sticky note is fine. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep it on there. It'll be fine. So that night, the the Wednesday before homecoming, we are going to have a church cleanup. There will be a list of things that need to be done. It's not a super long list, but uh, we need we need all of your help So be here at six o'clock and we will work on all the different things inside and out, um, concentrating a lot on the inside of the Fellowship College, making sure it's nice and, and tidy for people to come and eat. Um, so keep those things in mind. If you have not yet brought your items for the month of May, it is, uh, it is rainbow-colored things. So that can mean um, colored pencils, crayons, markers, coloring books, or any other multi-colored item it could be a, a toy someone brought some a, an activity today it wasn't um, coloring books but it was a colorful activity so they brought it in and so thank you so very much or if you uh, would like to bring in boxes or uh, shipping costs we'd like that as well any other announcements we will let you know I, I did say that I would in lieu of singing we want to say happy birthday <laughs> it was suggested that we sing to you and I said you might not like that but happy birthday to Lisa whose <laughs> birthday was yes whose birthday was yesterday happy birthday not we're not singing to her okay do not sing to her don't <laughs> um also it was well y'all know it was Shane's first birthday not first happy birthday His first birthday, his second birthday was yesterday. So, say happy, um, happy spiritual birthday, Amen. Yesterday, um, Amen. It's fourteen. He's four. He is fourteen years old in the Lord. So, thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, that's something we. uh, Hey, yes, Amen. If you and if you remember when your spiritual birthday is, we'll be sure to, to announce it from the
1: pulpit if you
0: want. Uh, just let me know. And uh, and we'll we'll say happy second birthday to you. Um, you all got a packet. You should have. If you did not get a packet, then please uh, raise your hand and Gresham will help you out. Yes. Beautiful. Um, so, couples, if you ask for one, then you only got one to share, and where if you ask for two, then you each got one, and that's totally fine. What this is, if you will recall a few weeks ago, some a little someone walked around and asked everybody their favorite Bible verse, and I had her do it because... It's just something that, you know, Gretchen might would do, just walk around. (laughs) What's everyone's favorite color? What's everyone's favorite Bible verse? You know, it just seemed kind of normal. So she collected those Bible verses for me. And, uh, yeah, and this, these are everybody's Bible verses. So everyone within our church, and there were some, obviously, that were repeats, um, lots of people love John three sixteen. So these are our favorite Bible verses. And I heard something not too long ago that said, your favorite verse says a lot about you. So you, you determine what your verse means about you. What, when, we have our, when we take a look at our favorite Bible verses, it says a lot about who we believe God is. It says a lot about who we know we are in Christ. And what we believe God can do for us and through us. So, I encourage you, this month is the month of study. I challenge you. It's five pages, but that's not too much. Some of these are super familiar to us. Uh, I challenge you to memorize these verses. Uh, yeah, Kim, that's right. You know what, Kim? And I thought about this. Uh Here's, here's the motivation, and I will say this, and, and if you're watching online and you want to come next week and get a packet of verses, if you, if you will learn these, and this, yeah, if you will learn these and say these, I will make you any type of dessert you want. You want a cheesecake? I'll make you a cheesecake. You want that? That's, that's fine. I challenge you. Yeah, there you go. There's your motivation, Kim. You can do this every last one uh no exact no sir yeah I'm challenging y'all and it ends on the 31st so that Wednesday if you come that Wednesday and you quote all these verses the next time I see you you will have whatever type of dessert you want you just you make up your mind okay that's it amen so that's a challenge issue to you but as we talk about study and I don't want to take too too long but I hope you're reading the uh, the newsletter because we talked some about study and different ways to study last week and throughout the month we're going to be talking about this but I, today just real quick I want to mention context because sometimes <laughs> we're reading God's word and we see something that's great oh this is exciting and encouraging <clears throat> I'll give you an example here in in he and you do turn there but here in Hebrews chapter 8 in the middle of verse 9 it says I took them by the hand to lead them. And whenever I had whenever I first got this particular Bible and I was reading and I was I was in a at a point that I was feeling very legalistic and so I would add every single year I would add. So I ended up reading. it was like okay, one year I'm gonna read one I'm gonna commit to reading one chapter every single day. The next year was two and it got up to ten chapters a day which got really tiring. <laughs> and I, I wasn't absorbing anything at all. But anyway, that's between you and the Lord. But during that time, I was like, me and my highlighter were BFF. And I was just highlighting stuff all the time. Like, oh, this is great. This is great. And understanding, you know, I, I posted that video. Marking up your Bible, totally fine. That's great if it speaks to you. <clears throat> but you also have to understand context because the the whole verse here. Uh, Says, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. So within context, the verse is about God being displeased with Israel for not following the covenant. But all I got out of it was that he took them by the hand to lead them. I'm saying to you, You've got to read in context, okay? You, you can't just like willy-nilly highlight something and, oh, this is wonderful. Read the verses before. Read the verses after. Read the context before. Read the context after. The, the chapters will, will really help you. So it's just um, encouraging us that God's Word is powerful, okay? Here's the thing. God's word is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. But if you don't if you take hold of a two-edged sword without knowing how to wield it, you're going to hurt yourself and others. So God's word is super duper powerful, but we have to know how to use it. Amen. So that's our goal and, and our desire. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank You so very much for Your goodness. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are mighty and strong, and we love You so very much. God, I thank you and I praise you for this beautiful day, God, for the the birds singing, the sun shining, and the clouds in the sky. And we are so grateful that you have brought us into this place that we can have a chance to worship you today. God, I just pray that you would work and move in each and every life. There is no one who is here by accident. There is no one who is watching by accident. But we are here to worship you. We are here for a purpose to give to you and to receive from you. Heavenly Father, I just ask now that you would have your will in each and every life. God, those who have come in burdened or with pain God those who have come in with with chains of bondage I just pray in Jesus name those chains be broken God that you would speak to us today speak to our hearts give us the strength to respond to you today God I pray that you would accept our worship we lift you up we thank you in Jesus precious name amen thank you Lord
2: Strength will rise as we wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord strength will rise as we, wait upon, we will wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord our god you reign forever our hope our strong deliverer You are the everlasting God The everlasting God You do not think you won't grow Forever as we wait upon the Lord we will wait upon the Lord we will wait upon the Lord Strength as we, wait upon, Lord, we will wait upon the Lord we will wait upon the Lord we will wait upon the Lord our God You reign forever our hope. Our strong deliverer, and you are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not think you won't grow weary, you're the defender. And you comfort those in need, and you lift us up on wings like eagles. Our God. Our strong deliverer And you are the everlasting God The everlasting God You do not faint, you won't grow weak The defender of the weak, and you comfort those in thee, and you lift us up on wings like eagles. God, you are everlasting. Thank you,
0: Jesus. You're good to us, Lord. You're good
2: to us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive I raise a hallelujah With everything inside of me I raise a hallelujah I will watch the darkness flee Oh, I raise a hallelujah In the middle of this mystery I raise a hallelujah Fear you've lost your heart on me So I'm gonna sing In the middle of my storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive Sing a little louder In the presence of my enemies Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me Sing a little louder, in the presence of my enemies Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me. So sing a little louder, in the presence of my enemies. And sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. And sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. I'm gonna sing in the middle of my storm. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how my story ends. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory
0: this even if you can't see it
2: you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take with the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you turn it for good. And you take with the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Lord, turn it for good. You take with the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, God turn it for good. I'm gonna see your victory, I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to my Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to my Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. And you take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. Lord, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. God, turn it for good.
0: He is victorious. He is victorious.
3: Weekend pie, and there's some what. You know about this. We sang the first song we sang tonight was uh, was was. Uh, there's a memory verse in here that the birthday lady, that's her memory verse that we sang about the first song. Uh, well, suppose I do all three versions. Praise the Lord. That's one a month. That's a Marjorie Jonah, Pecan pie once a month. Amen. I'll tell you the truth. Amen. Brother Mike is going to be instructing us in his teaching Wednesday night to, about memorization of, of Scripture as well as other things, but that's a part of our Sunday school lesson uh, Wednesday night. And so this is just a reiterating that, and and uh, you'll have to let me know if I'm exempt. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah! But we're all going to read a couple of verses, and then maybe quote a couple of verses. But this is a good memory verse right here. The next, the first two uh, that you'll see on the screen is in Job 23:12. Now, and we've heard that a lot in our uh, experience of serving the Lord, and it talks about how much I love the Word. That's the whole uh, synopsis of what these four verses are about today. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of His lips. Whatever God said, I'm doing it. I have esteemed His words, or esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. Well, food is necessary to live. And he said, I'd rather have the Word of God. Somebody jump over the church with the preacher. And then Psalm 119, 97 puts it this way. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And we do remember verse uh, 1914 of Psalm. It talks about meditating upon his word. And uh, it's good. Then Jeremiah talks about thy words were found. One of Brother Mike's favorite uh, preaching messages here. Thy words were found and I did eat them and they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Now, the latter portion of that we don't talk about it much. But, for I am called by thy name, Oh Lord, God of hosts. I'm called by, I'm Christian. I'm God's, of course they didn't have Christian back in that day, but because oh, they were called Christians first at Antioch in the, in, the, in the New Testament. But they were God's children. They were God's people. Praise God. And thy words were found. I ate it and I enjoyed it. It was joy and rejoicing to my heart. And then one of uh, our pastor's favorite, one of her favorites, she has several, I'm sure, in Colossians 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, sing it with grace in your heart unto the Lord. <laughs> oh, there's nothing more precious than the word. Nothing more precious than the word. David said it's better than than uh, much gold. Then he said much fine gold. He even said it's sweeter than the honeycomb with the honey and the honeycomb. My, that's sweet, isn't it? That's good. That's the Word of God. And I love it for His Word that He's given unto me that's kept me. Um, Sister Julie, I wish from the time that that I gave my life and heart to the Lord. I wish from that time to this that there had been no stumbling and no sinning and no fumbling the ball, Brother Mike. I wish it had been a good thrill. But I'll tell you what, he did what David said, he restores my soul. (laughs) Hallelujah. Feeling a little bit churchy. Amen. Somebody that feels churchy here, that you brag on Jesus Christ this morning for a moment. Amen. Will you take that moment? Hallelujah. Praise God. All all right. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. He led me to the place I need to be. Amen. God is good, isn't He? Amen. Um, God's done something good for you. This week, you brag on it, last week. Amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. When it's good, when it's bad, when I'm feeling all right, when I'm not feeling all right, I will bless the Lord all the time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let's give Him praise daily, daily. Let's give Him the due praise unto Him. God bless you and love you. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Oh, yeah. It's time to receive our tithing and offering if our usher will come at this time. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my oh, I thought Vic was here. If my Usher red will come, folks. Oh. Oh. Brother Father. Jordan, we say the blessing, please. Amen. Oh Father, we do love you this morning.
4: morning. It's good to be here this morning and not at work. (laughs) It is now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Spoken. Robin. Pray for our country, and we pray for the uh, family in Texas and the parents involved, Sister Hager. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's pray for Sister Hager's daughter and her boys, Brother Mike. Judy. Let's pray for Sister Judy's children and grandchildren and for the nation in Jerusalem. Yes, Sister. So let's pray for brother and sister Russian and their son and that these treatments get easier for him and, and a complete healing in his body. Sister Hager. ankle and her brother that he starts doing a little bit better in school we'll pray for um gracie's grandfather her mother's great hope's father passed away so gracie's in ashboro with him so pray for that family if that's it unspoken request raise hands stand with me as we take these to the lord fellowship
2: Oh yes,
0: like, they sing in my just jamming out. Alright. Amen and amen. We are glad that you are here. Some people already were taking a look at their at their packets and notice that there are three different columns and that is you don't have to learn them in each version, okay? I was just, no, 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 that's just an example because, again, in study, we understand, and a couple weeks ago in the newsletter, we talked about how the, how the versions get to be versions. Now, hundreds of years ago, of course, King James decided, hey, let's, uh, let's have a version in English that the people can read. So, he did spend a, a lot of money on translators who took the original scrolls that they had at the time and translated, okay? That is what we get as the King James Version. But the, the version there is the language is from five or 600 years ago, okay? That's the way they talked back in the time of King James. The versions that we have now that are, that are actual... Translations from the scrolls, okay, and there have been scrolls that have been discovered since then. Uh, more accurate uh, depictions of what was originally written, okay. There, there is no way to have the actual original scroll. They've, they're thousands of years old. They're old and crumbly, but there have been those who, the scribes, who very carefully recorded everything that was written originally, and we have found, we the Dead Sea Scrolls, anyone's heard of those? Those are scrolls that were discovered in caves not too very long ago, within the past hundred or so years, okay? So, the people who translate now take the scrolls, the original scrolls, and they translate from the original scrolls into our language and make it a little bit easier instead of the thou's and all that now back in the day saying thee and thou that was the way that they would speak to one another that was normal talk okay if you talk to someone who is a a hardcore quaker a, a lot of times they will still to this day speak in those types of terms thee and thou because that was the common language so back then the King James, and hey, listen, I preach out of the King James. It, it lines up nicely with the Greek, and when I can explain with the Greek and, and the Hebrew, and I really like that. But if there's a different version, okay, an actual version that has been translated from the original that is easier for you to understand, I, please don't stumble through the Bible and not understand it just because you think the King James version is the only way, okay? <laughs> please. Um, we need to understand God's Word. And if NIV helps you do that, please do so, okay? There's a New Living Translation. I really like that one. A suggestion that I made in the uh, in the newsletter is, go to your favorite Bible verse. If it makes sense, probably pretty good. Go to John 3:16. If it's saying basically the same thing as, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but everlasting life, read that version, okay? <laughs> now, there are some that are uh, kind of vernacular, uh, meaning that it is, they took a, a version and they kind of made it in conversational language. I'm not going to, if you want to know exactly what I'm talking about, we can talk after church, but, but they kind of make it in vernacular. It was Translated from the translation. I'm not saying that that's what you should use all the time. I don't. I don't think that that's good to only use that. Now, if you want to use that for, you know, take a look at it. Like, oh, this makes sense. But, um, but yeah, that's. Sorry, don't mean to get on a bandwagon. But again, we're talking about study, so we want to make sure that you're equipped as best you can be to study God's word to understand it. So, getting into this. Because, let me tell you, I could just stand and talk about that for a long time. But we have been getting healthy in all our relationships. Even the difficult ones. seems as though there's we've been talking about a lot of difficult relationships. But sometimes we, we either just deal with it or we avoid it completely, those difficult relationships. So I think that God really wants us to get healthy in these places. Last week we spoke about rivalry knowing that rivalry is the enemy's answer to unity. God wants us unified. He wants us to be one through Christ. And the enemy will do anything he can to tear that apart. Rivalry is unnecessary when you know your worth. I know that I am good at this thing. <laughs> Last night at Sister Vicki's house, Ron and I were trying to put together uh, this we're trying to put together the, the thing, the <laughs> the screen but the the polls for the screen thank you yes the polls for the screen and i said ron i'm going really need my mom to be here because i i'm looking at these directions i don't know i don't even know i'm not good at this if you want me to stand up and sing to you i will if you want me to um tell you about jesus i can do that but <laughs> but putting stuff together normally it ends up either upside down or backwards and i don't know how it happens It just does. That's not what I'm good at. But I know what I am good at, and I don't have to feel bad because I'm not good at putting poles together. You know? (laughs) That's okay. If you're not good at putting poles together, don't feel bad. I'm sure you're great at something. So, amen. And the third thing is you do not have to beg for a blessing. God has blessings for all his children. So we now address an aspect of relationships that is inevitable, but often uncomfortable, and that is conflict. Healthy conflict. Conflict is a fight, a battle, or a war. It is defined as competitive or opposing action to be contrary, contradictory, at variance, or in opposition. Now, for some of us, as soon as you hear conflict, you start to worry a little. Because, you know, peace is your goal. And just your personality is such that we have to, uh, we we strive for peace with all men, and I have to be peaceful. So the idea of conflict, perhaps, is is worrisome. Maybe you always, you grew up in a, a place, a time with your family that was not very peaceful. And you saw or heard your parents fighting. And you've determined never to be like that. I know people that went through that, that grew up that way. Constant fussing and fighting. And they now say, I, I don't want to fight at all. But then that causes them to avoid any type of conversation that could lead to conflict. Or perhaps you've suffered through conflict in one way or another. Either you're the strong personality who always gets their way. I <clears throat> uh. I'm not going to look at anyone. I could probably just put up a mirror cuz it's that's a joiner thing. Strong personality who always gets their way or you are the more compliant personality who always feels defeated. Because when you're having a when you're having conflict with someone, you tend to cower or bow down to their desire just to get it done and over with but we must learn to fight fairly and respectfully conflict is biblical yeah so before the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan you know they were they were out in the uh, there's a lot of conflict going on out those 40 years they were wandering through the wilderness so they had been told, once we get to the promised land, we are going to decide who gets what plot of land. So they had been going through the wilderness for 40 years. And you don't have to turn there because this is not our reference, but if you want to write it down. In Numbers chapter 32, it's recorded that the tribes of Reuben and Gad and half of the tribe of Manasseh like the look of the land that was on the east side of the Jordan River. They hadn't yet crossed over the Jordan. They hadn't gone over into what is technically known as the promised land. They were on this this east side of the Jordan, and they got to looking around. This is nice. And they said to Moses, we have a lot of cattle. Those two and a half tribes had more cattle than the rest of them. The rest of the tribes so, they said, this is a great place for our livestock. It's, it's healthy land. There's plenty of greenery here. There's nice watering areas. This is the land that we would like. They went to Moses and asked for it. And initially, Moses became concerned. If you, if you do read in chapter 32, you'll see the reaction of Moses. He got kind of upset. Um, what are y'all trying to say? Y'all are coming to me, and I've told y'all this whole time that we are all going to cross over the Jordan and that we are all going to defeat the people who are in the land of Canaan. We're going to drive them out, and then we are going to inherit the promised land that God has given to us. And now I hear y'all saying, we'd just rather stay on this side of the Jordan. What is y'all's problem? So there was a conflict. He said, this is going to discourage the rest of Israel. They're going to see that y'all are making your homes right here on this side. And they're going to think, well, we we don't have strength to go across. They they don't believe in the Lord. What are we going to do? And also, y'all, as part of the children of Israel, y'all have the responsibility to go over with everybody and fight. What are y'all thinking? So, they assured Moses, no, Moses, we... We don't want to abandon y'all. We're not just going to sit over here in our comfy houses while y'all go across the, the Jordan River and try to defeat the enemies. No, we'll go with you into the promised land. We will drive out all the enemies, but then we're going to come back over and settle in this land because it's nice. It's a nice land. So Moses said, okay, fine. All right, y'all can do that. This is your plot of land. Told everybody. This guy's. This belongs to Gad and Reuben and half-tribe of Manasseh. They're going to stay here. Fast forward seven years. The children of Israel had crossed over the Jordan into the promised land. Joshua was now leading them. And for years they had fought to drive out the Canaanites from the promised land. Now the land was conquered. Everything had been settled, all the the portions of land had been given to the nine and a half other tribes on the on the west side and it was time for those two and a half tribes to head back home so we're in Joshua chapter 22 at the beginning of this chapter Joshua blesses those two and a half tribes, and he says, I thank you for honoring your word. You came and you helped us fight. You helped us conquer this land. We really appreciate it. So please accept this blessing. Be blessed in your land, and we love you. We appreciate you. Go forth. So then they started heading back. We see in verses 10 through 20 of chapter 22, and when they came unto the borders of Jordan that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, The whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead Phinehas, the son of Eleazar the priest, and with him ten princes of each chief house, a prince, ...throughout all the tribes of Israel. And each one was in head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel. And they came unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of Gilead. And they spake with them, saying, Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord, What trespass is this, that ye have committed against the God of Israel, to turn away this day from following the Lord? in that ye have builded you an altar, and ye might rebel this day against the Lord. Is the iniquity of Peor too little for us, from which we are not cleansed until this day, although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord, but that ye must turn away this day from following the Lord? And it will be seeing ye rebel today against the Lord, that tomorrow he will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel. Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, then pass ye over into the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth, and take possession among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? And wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel. And that man perisheth not alone in his iniquity. So, they were blessed by Joshua. He said, go on your way. And so Gad, Reub, uh, the tribes, so all the, all the people with them, the tribe of Gad, the tribe of Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they're on their way. And they cross over the Jordan. And as they are walking, they must have been talking to one another. Because as soon as they crossed over, they built an altar. And we hear that it is a large, imposing altar, a mighty altar to see. Somehow, the other tribes heard that the two and a half I'll, I'll refer to them that way a lot because saying their names over and over gets a little m- much. But the other tribes on the on the west side heard that the two and a half had built this altar. It could have been the size of the structure that it could be seen from the opposite bank of the Jordan. Now the Jordan River is at its widest is fifteen miles across. So of course you wouldn't be able to see fifteen miles across at most. Of the uh, the the average area is about six miles across, but here where they crossed over was only about a hundred feet. So you could certainly see a hundred feet from this bank to the other bank. So those two and it was the I believe the tribe of Benjamin that was closest to that area. So the other the other tribes on the other side of Jordan, they're looking. What are these guys doing? They're over on the other side in their land and now they're building something. What are they building? They're watching them. They're, that looks a whole lot like the altar that's here at Shiloh that we built for the Lord. What? Why are they building an altar? So they began to talk to one another and this news began to spread throughout all the rest of the tribes. These two and a half have decided to build another altar. What are they doing? So, the other tribes, the the nine and a half, gathered at Shiloh to make war against those who were across the river. Now, Shiloh was the spiritual center of the children of Israel at that time. They had not yet built the temple in Jerusalem. So, Shiloh was the place that... God's tabernacle was, that the Ark of the Covenant was, that that's where they went to have any services. So, from the time that Joshua was ruler until the time of Samuel, this is where all the worship took place. The place meant, the, the name Shiloh means peaceable or place of rest. But all the tribes gathered there to make war. And then conflict begins. A delegation, but before they went out, they before they were hot and heavy, crossing the Jordan and killing everybody, a delegation was sent. Ten elders from each of the tribes, one elder from each of the tribes, so ten total, and Phinehas, who was the priest, they went across to talk to Gad and Reuben and Manasseh. We just want to talk to you guys going to come over here. Before a full-blown war, they decided to, to talk it out. The case against the eastern tribes was this. Guys, it seems as though you're leaving us behind and building a new altar so that you can rebel against the Lord. Is this true? And then they say, remember how bad it was for us. When there were people in as we were going through the wilderness, the people who sinned against God, it was not just them who got punished. God punished everybody. So if you act crazy, we're going to get blamed for it. Achan stole, you know, a few things that God said not to, and he not only died, but his entire family died. So if y'all act crazy, God's going to come be mad at us tomorrow. That is literally what they said if you're not crazy, but if if y'all act like this today, tomorrow God will be have, have wrath against us. So remember how how bad it was in our history when people rebelled against God. Keep that in mind, guys. And then they offered some solutions. If the land that you asked for is somehow defiled, please come out west and live with us. If you're building this altar to purify your land because you've gotten to the land and you realize this land is defiled, it's not a good place to live, then then don't even live there anymore. Just, just come on over, guys. Come live with us. Please. Whatever you do, just don't create a place of worship outside of the altar and the tabernacle of God. This did not end well. For anyone who has ever tried to do this sort of thing before, your poor choices affect more than just you. This is what the delegation said to them. And they again, they gave them a an option. They they tried to come up with a solution. So we see in verses 21 through 29, then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth, and Israel he shall know. If it be in rebellion or if in transgression against the Lord, save us not this day. That we have built us an altar to turn from the from following the Lord, or... If to offer their own burnt offering or meat offering, or if to offer peace offering their own, let the Lord himself require it. And if we have not rather done it for fear of this thing, saying, in time to come, your children might speak unto our children, saying, what have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you. Ye children of Reuben and children of Gad, ye have no part in the Lord. So shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore, we said, Let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering, nor for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us, that we might do the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings that your children may not say to our children in time to come, ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we that it shall be when they should so say to us or to our generations in time to come that we might say again, behold the pattern of the altar of the Lord which our fathers made not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifice but it is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings or meat offerings or sacrifices besides the altar of the Lord our God that is before the tabernacle. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the leaders of Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh appeal to the omniscience of the Lord. They reiterate, they say this twice, The Lord, Yahweh Almighty, knows our hearts. Okay? Okay? So before anything, they call out to God. The Lord knows, okay? The Lord judge us. If we are wrong, let him not even save us today. Let let him strike us dead if our hearts are impure before him. We have not built this altar for the purpose of rebellion. We do not plan to offer sacrifices or worship or have peace offerings there we that's not the purpose of this altar that has been built. He said, we did this out of fear. this word fear in Hebrew is literally anxiety. So as they walked, as these two and a half tribes walked from from the victories and and defeating the enemy and and seeing everyone settled in their land and they walked, and they began to cross over the Jordan. They were talking to each other. You know what? We're, we're going to this land, and we're not going to have the, the same level of fellowship with everybody else. And what if they say, what if they say that we don't belong? And they began to have anxiety in their hearts, and they said, well, what can we do? Because this is the land that we've been given. This is nice land. Our, our cattle will be, will be well fed here. What do we do? They said, well, here's a solution. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna build an altar that looks just like the one in Shiloh so that everybody can see it. And it'll be a witness between us and them that see, we see the altar too. So this is gonna be a reminder that we need to follow the Lord. Because what if you tell your descendant, this is what the, the two and a half tribes were saying to the delegation, what if you tell your descendants, oh you're not allowed to worship God over here y'all decided to go on that side of the river so y'all were not allowed to worship y'all just go right back on over there, what What if you say that to our children who want to worship God What what if you say to them that they have no claim as children of Israel so we had to have something to set up So this altar was a witness. They had meant for the other tribes to see it, to stand as a reminder that they too belonged to the Lord. In verses 30 through 34 it says, And when Phinehas the priest and the princes of the congregation and the heads of the thousands of Israel, which were with him, heard the words that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh spoke, it pleased him. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, and the princes, returned from the children of Reuben, and from the children of Gad, and out of the land of Gilead, unto the land of Canaan to the children of Israel and brought them word again. And the thing pleased the children of Israel and the children of Israel blessed God and did not intend to go up against them in battle to destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed (laughs) for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. Ed means witness, but I just thought it was kind of funny they had an altar named Ed. My my mom went out, so she would have thought that was funny, too. Anyway. um, So when the delegation heard the purpose behind this altar, they were pleased. They said, you know what? That makes sense. We understand now. We get it. So thanks for explaining. We're good. You're good. We're going to head back over. We're gonna cross back over the Jordan. We're gonna go back to Shiloh and tell everyone who's gathered there, the whole army who's gonna, who's about to come against you. We're gonna tell them what the what the truth is, and we're good. Okay, peace between us. So when when they had heard these explanations, when those who were poised for battle heard the explanation, their hearts and intentions changed. They dropped their weapons, and said, "Okay, that's fine. We get it." And this, this altar stood there for the remainder of that time, and it, it reminded each side we belong to each other. So can't we all just get along? <laughs> Not only is conflict healthy, sometimes it's necessary. Because in the book of Proverbs, the writer says that iron sharpens iron. Any of you ever sharpened anything? A, a, a shar- if you don't sharpen it, what happens? It, it's dull. Is it useful for any purpose? No. Not not much. But how do you sharpen something? You have to knock the two well, if you have if you have knives you, you knock them against each other, or you have a sharpener and you grind it against that's conflict. And without conflict we cannot be sharp. Without conflict things become dull. Now I'm not saying y'all need to fight all the time. Okay? Don't don't go home and be like fussing at one another because Jennifer said, we gotta have conflict to not be dull. Okay? But I'm saying that if there is no conflict ever, things get a little dull. Mom says, I know our house is not dull. What you talking about? Um, (laughs) Mom says, "If, uh, if we always agree, then one of us is unnecessary. If I'm never offering another opinion, if I'm never compromising, then one of us You know, well, again, unnecessary, dull. So, healthy conflict cannot occur without mutual respect. Here are some things to to know. Healthy conflict requires, number one, a willingness to lay aside assumptions. When the Western tribes saw that altar, their blood began to boil. They were out there looking. What are they doing? What are they doing? And they began to assume automatically they're about to go over there and be rebellious against God. I can, I can look at that altar and tell. They're about to, to just completely turn away from Yahweh. Just look at that, the audacity of these people. They asked for land on the east side, and now they're setting up this altar. Don't they realize that what they do can hurt us? maybe they don't even care about us anymore over there by themselves they don't care so they began to assume right and just like that war was about to break out in a place of peace they gathered together to make war against those who were on the other side yet when they sent out a delegation it was not to immediately declare war they brought their concerns And they explained them well and awaited a reply. This is what I think, and this is how I feel, and is this true? That's something that's required for conflict. That we're willing to say, this is what's going on in my mind. Is this true? And then await a reply. Listen. And wait for the other person. Give the person space to respond. Respond. This is the level of respect that must happen for healthy conflict. Being open about our concerns, but also being willing to listen. Because again, those, that delegation didn't go in there hot and heavy, y'all need to straighten up right now, bless God, and then they turned around and left. No, they said, this, this is what we're worried about. Can you tell us what's going on? And they waited for the two and a half to be able to explain their side. The second thing that is necessary for healthy conflict is willingness to compromise and sacrifice. The delegation said to Gad and Reuben and Manasseh, look, if there's something wrong with your land, just come back over with us. If the reason you're building this altar is because your l- land is a mess and evil spirits running around and whatever the problem is, then come on over with us, okay? Now, consider this. When you look at a map, and this is one of the things that's important when, you're, when you want to do a, a study of God's Word, if you look at a map of the, the sections that were allotted to the children of Israel, and you see the, the Jordan River runs through the center of the land, the land that is on the east side, which was for the two and a half tribes, is almost the same size as the land that was on the west side for nine and a half tribes. It's almost equal. So these, this side got almost, well, opposite for y'all. This side got almost three times as much land as the other side. But consider, they said, come on over. We will reallot the land. We, will, we are willing to take smaller portions if there's something wrong with y'all's land, okay? We are willing to sacrifice. We know y'all have a lot of cattle. That's okay. If there's something wrong, come on over with us. We are willing to compromise and to sacrifice if that's going to dissolve this conflict. So if I'm in conflict and all I ever want is my own way, that's not healthy, If I'm unwilling to ever compromise or sacrifice, that's an issue that I need to pray about. Or, if I do compromise, and then I pout about having to compromise, or I constantly remind people of my sacrifice, then I should pray about that. Oh, well, I'm just such a sacrificer. Oh, my goodness, you know, this the level of struggle that I've had. That's a problem. The person with whom you are having a conflict may be very willing to compromise with you if you'll just talk to them. Now, I'm about to tell y'all a story, and I've been saving this story for for a while. I knew, I kn- it's been in the back of my mind, yeah, it's been in the back of my mind for a long time, and I, I knew that at some point I would get to share this story, i have just been waiting on the right time, and this was it. So, Shane and I have been married, no, it's not, yeah, no, 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 really? No, I speak from life, you you speak what you know, okay. So, Shane Williams and I have been married for ten and a half years, okay, ten and a half years. Great. About eight and a half years were great. Have been great. Um, hey, I, we we gonna be honest. Those first couple, Lord, she's take the wheel. But anyway, eight and a half years of of a great time. So, one of the things that we discussed before we got married was the, the one. A thing that is important to me is that the beds be made. Okay, so when you don't remember the story, that's okay. Okay, maybe you do. Um beds be made. This is something that is important to me. Can we please, once we get married, every day, make the bed. Yes. Okay. That was an agreement that we made. Because before we got married, he didn't care one way or the other if his bed was made. Or if the sheets were changed. (laughs) Never mind. That's a whole... Sorry. Sorry. It's for real, man. Mm, Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I don't even... Yeah. I don't... Men, though. Men. Uh, so... So, when we got married, it kind of became, it was never doled out to anyone in particular, but it kind of became this thing that whoever got out of the bed last would be the one to make the bed. And while I was, so for a hundred, <laughs> yes, you're getting it now. So, for, uh, w- while I was at, at work, uh, I would always be bu- up before him. And so, for at least 180 days uh, out of the year, he would make the bed. At least. So, for So, for years. He was the one to make the bed, but then during the summer, anytime time that the uh, that there were days off of school or on the weekends, I would be the one to make the bed. So again, we've been married for ten and a half years. Okay, so I don't know, a year and a half or two years ago. It was not more than two years. You may know, but no more than a year and a, no more than two years ago. A year and a half ago. We'd gotten out of bed at the same time. We're making the bed together. We're making the bed. And he says to me, you do that on purpose, don't you?
2: And I said, what?
0: He said, and he said again, you do that on purpose, don't you? And I'm like, going over the ways. way. What do you mean? What are you talking about? He said, you put the pillows like that just to annoy me, don't you? yeah now this is coming from a man who before we got married like was the bed ever made? I don't know, don't think so but but once we get married it's like the bed has to be made a certain way now he said you you do you do the pillows that way on purpose just to annoy me and I said, I have no clue what you're talking about none whatsoever. He said the pillows now another thing and y'all have heard me say there are seven used pillows, okay, there are seven pillows on our bed, they're not fancy pillows, there are seven pillows that we use every single night, okay it's a whole thing, yes the pillows, we have a king size bed mainly for the pillows yes, it's true so apparently the right way to make the bed is that the pillows, the the ends of the open ends are supposed to face toward the middle toward each other Okay, so that the closed ends are on the outside. Okay, now (laughs) we've got some amens. Y'all, okay, y'all ain't been um, amening nothing. And then Shane Williams comes in with his crazy mess. Like, that's the way that a bed is supposed to be made. So that you can't see. Thank you, exactly. So I said, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. He said, you know, sometimes if you've made the bed i'll come up here after you and i'll flip the pillows around okay we've been this at this point we've been married for 8 9 years for 8 or 9 years this individual has been going upstairs and flipping the pillows around because he thought that I was purposely trying to irritate him, okay? Babe, I, I promise you. <laughs> There's like this whole conversation going. I promise you, I did. I had absolutely no idea. I, you know, a couple times because sometimes you know when I'm laying on my side, I like to like put my hand inside the pillowcase. It's like I don't know what the thing. So I did notice that that wasn't happening. I just wondered why. I was like whatever. Who cares? I flip the pillow around. So. I'm saying that for eight, I cared nothing. I did not know at all that there was a right way to put the pillows on the bed. But for eight, yeah, I do now. And I do it that way. Because once he said that this was an issue, I was willing to compromise. Because it doesn't matter to me either way. But... Sometimes we avoid conflict because we're afraid that the other person will not be willing to compromise when in actuality, they don't care one way or the other. We just need to state how we feel, talk to them, and maybe we can work something out. Because from that moment on... Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things that I do to to purposely irritate him, but that's not one of them, okay? That's not it. (sighs) Yeah. don't, Don't even. Anyway... <laughs> anyway, I'm saying compromise and sacrifice. The third thing is a willingness to be vulnerable and not defensive. Whew. Now, I debated. I'm telling you, I, I sat in my office <laughs> since I was writing this, and I just wrote the word willingness to be vulnerable. And, and the Holy Spirit's like, not defensive. I'm like, oh, not defensive. Mm, I don't want to write that. Not defensive. And I finally wrote it. Because they're, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Because vulnerability is tough. And when we are worried that our vulnerability will not be acknowledged, we get defensive. So we have to be willing in conflict to be vulnerable and not be defensive. When that delegation came to speak to Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, notice... The reaction of the two and a half, they began to appeal to the Lord as their defender. They did not immediately begin to defend themselves. They didn't immediately come up with a bad attitude and and well, bless God, I can't believe y'all even made it this way over here. And no, they talked to God first. They they took a minute. They said, "We need to speak to the Lord." Very easily, they could have become angry and defensive. How dare you accuse us? We know what's in our hearts. We know that the reason that we did this was not for any bad reason. I can't believe y'all. They could have acted that way and been defensive. But that wouldn't have gotten them anywhere. It would have escalated the fight. They could have very easily done harm to that. It was 11 people. It was the leaders of 10 tribes and a, a priest, those two and a half tribes could just wipe them out. But then what good would that have been if they had been defensive instead of vulnerable? They chose vulnerability instead, and they said, we did this out of anxiety. They explained their feelings. They were willing to be vulnerable to open themselves up to criticism and ridicule and say, look, the reason that we did this was because we were worried. We got concerned that y'all would try to leave us out. We didn't want to be forgotten. We were afraid that after a while of not hanging out with you guys, that you were going to try to leave us out, that you were going to tell us that we weren't a part of God's family anymore. And so we became anxious. So we're just showing out in a way that you can all see. Some of you understand where I am. Okay. They were showing out because they felt vulnerable. Oftentimes, people's bad behavior is just a cry of their hearts. They don't know how to be vulnerable or they're worried that if they are, that you're going to attack them they're worried that if they show off their anxieties and their worries that they're just going to be disappointed again so they act ugly and they and they act crazy and they're difficult to be around because they are acting out they're showing out please give me attention please love me please care about me please but they don't know how to say it They're saying, I got stuff going on within me that I I don't know how to express. Please help me. And often with people like that, we ignore them or become frustrated. But we need to give them some space to talk about it. They got stuff going on. Vulnerability has a high cost, so we must not take it lightly. If someone's willing to be vulnerable with us, we need to listen and respond with kindness and prayer. So, conflict is a normal part of life, okay? Again, conflict is biblical. You don't have to be afraid of it, you don't have to avoid it. Sharpen that iron, okay? Don't be dull. Have a little conflict. But next time that you are in conflict, or even now, before conflict happens, start to develop these ideas. A willingness to lay aside our assumptions. A willingness to compromise and sacrifice. And a willingness to be vulnerable and not defensive. So today, as the music plays, and we go to the Lord in prayer. (sighs) Conflict can be healthy and it can help us. But we need to do it right. We need to do it in a healthy way. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, and however you need to receive from him, do that now. But as we go to the Lord in prayer, just ask him to to give you help in your relationships. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you glory and praise because your word is true and it is good for us. Father, I thank you that through your word you speak to us and you show us things that We wouldn't otherwise know. Father God, I pray that for each of us, you would give us a a willingness. A willingness to see the side of the other person. God, that we would be willing to compromise in situations where we can. That for the love of another person, we'd be willing to sacrifice without pouting about it, without bragging about it. Father, that you would help us. For those of us who are feeling vulnerable, for those of us who do have hurts going on on the inside and, and we've tried to act out to get attention or, or we've built walls to keep people away, God, for those of us who feel that way, I pray that you would begin to tear down those defenses. Father, God, that you would bring about a healing and that you would put people in our lives that can, that can provide healthy conflict. That can help us work through some of these things. Father God, I pray that, that the, the past feelings about conflict. Lord, if, if we've lived in situations, if we grew up in families that were always fighting and fussing. God, and there's a lot of hurt that is associated with arguments. God, I pray that you would begin to heal those pains right now because that's something that will keep us from speaking our minds or standing up for ourselves, and, and that's not healthy either. So, God, I pray that you would give strength and help to us, that you would just heal those wounds of the past, that you would, that you would cleanse those memories, Lord, that you would help us to learn from them instead of being afraid of them. Father God, I just pray now for each and every person who may be in the midst of conflict that you would bring about peace. That you would bring about on each side a level of compromise that once they thought was impossible. But God, you are the one. You are our prince of peace. You are Yahweh Shalom. The God who is peace. Father, I pray for each and every life the struggles that we face. Those who are here today, those who are watching online, the struggles that we face give strength. For those who heard this message and were were burdened in their hearts because they have felt that conflict before and they've been wounded by it, God, I pray for healing. I pray for strength, for encouragement. God, we just thank you for all that you're able to do through your word. God, we thank you that you are able to make us healthy, and we ask that you would. God, that we can be strong and mighty according to you. God, we thank you. Work and move in each life. Give you praise. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May I be gracious to you and may he give you his peace in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.